Hello, I'm Adam Pelche, and you're listening to Off the Shelf, Windsor Public Library's weekly broadcast discussing books, culture, and what's happening in the world of public libraries. On today's episode, we talk about the enduring legacy of Jane Austen and why Henry David Thoreau's writing remains relevant during the era of alternative facts. Few novelists have achieved the enduring legacy that has grown around Jane Austen. Austen was revered for her intricate and witty novels that explored the social landscape of the landed gentry in 18th century England. Austen's novels, which include Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Mansfield Park, and Emma, were favorably received during the author's lifetime, becoming fashionable among the aristocracy at the time. Austen is often viewed as one of literature's first popular female authors. In fact, she was so popular during her lifetime that the first editions of Pride and Prejudice sold out within two years of its original publication, and Mansfield Park sold out within six months of its original release. Austen had a chance to experience the type of popular and critical success that many authors rarely find during their lifetime, but this experience would not last long. Failing health would impact Austen by early 1816, and the author would pass away in Winchester on July 18, 1817, at the young age of 41. While Austen's life may have been short, the legacy of her work has been long-lasting. 200 years since the author's death, Austen's writing continues to remain popular. It acts as a source for TV and movie adaptations, literary anthologies, critical essays, and even pop-cultural parodies such as Seth Graham Smith's 2009 Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Most recently, a prestigious honor was awarded posthumously to the author. Austen's image will now adorn the £10 British note. This will make Austen the only woman, apart from the Queen, to be featured on an English banknote. While it's indisputable that Austen's works remain relevant to audiences today, the question remains, why has the writing of this 18th century author endured for so long? What is it about her novels that continue to engage readers and audiences to this day? On this edition of Off the Shelf, we will examine the legacy of this author, exploring the works of Jane Austen and what makes her writing remain so relevant to this day. Austen wore many hats as a writer, not only considered a popular author, a satirist, and a social commentator, she was also considered an important figure in transitioning the novel from its usual romantic fantasies and gothic stories over to a form of literary realism. At the time of her earliest writing, popular novels published in the 18th century tended towards sentimentalism, relying on manipulating an emotional response from readers, or gothic fiction, which involved the fantastic exploits of its central characters. Austen's writing veered away from these romanticized forms, focusing instead on the social structure of the landed gentry, in particular, examining the dependence of women on marriage in order to achieve economic stability and social standing in this culture. Austen's prose set the stage for the realist style of fiction in the 19th century, and in many ways, 
can be viewed as the precedent for authors like George Eliot, Gustave Flaubert, and Henry James. In this regard, Austen can be viewed as stylistically ahead of her time, but this is not the only way that readers saw Austen as being ahead of her time. For many who read Austen's works, her examination of the expectations of the female gentry acts as a form of proto-feminism. The extent to which Austen was a feminist writer has been an ongoing debate in literary circles. The catalyst for this movement did take place during the author's life. In 1972, Mary Wollstonecraft released A Vindication of the Rights of Women, a philosophical treaty which argued that women were not inferior to men, as the status quo belief was held at the time, and that it was only the lack of education and opportunity offered to women that prevented them from achieving the same stature of men. While it's uncertain what, if any, direct impact this essay had on Austen, the sentiments voiced by Wollstonecraft seem to echo throughout the novels of Austen. Her female protagonist, rather than sentimental creatures swayed solely by emotion and passion, are depicted as smart, calculating, intelligent, and aware of their social standing. While her characters may not always subvert the expectations of dutifulness and self-control that was expected on them by their fictional families, Austen's attention on the subordinate role of woman communicated an awareness of the precarious state of these women in the 18th and early 19th century. Unable to achieve economic independence or reputable social standing outside of marriage, women were forced to marry or face the consequences of insecure finances and social exclusion. Austen's protagonists, from Elizabeth Bennet to Susan Vernon, were exhaustively aware of this fact, and in spite of their criticisms of the system, ultimately were forced to either capitulate or exploit it for their own personal gain. While not overthrowing the system of patriarchy, this focus certainly highlighted the way in which women were aware of the disparity existing for them in this culture at this time. The observations of characters like Elizabeth Bennet and Emma Woodhouse may have planted the seed for readers to become aware of the patriarchal forces existing in their own culture at that time. Beyond this, the female characters of Austen's fiction often comment and critique male-authored text. In Northanger Abbey, the heroine Catherine complains that history tells her nothing that does not either vex or weary her. The quarrels of popes and kings with wars or pestilences in every page. The men also good for nothing, and hardly any woman at all. It is very tiresome. Austin points to the construction of history as a masculine fiction that fails to represent or be of importance to women. While Austin's heroines may have been subordinate to the patriarchal structures surrounding them, the author displayed awareness in her writing of the nature of this disparity and acknowledged the faults of the social structures that prevented capable, intelligent, and independently-minded women from the type of autonomy that men in that era possessed. In Persuasion, Anne Elliot describes the differences between men and women. We live at home, quiet, confined, and our feelings prey upon us. You are forced on exertion. You have always a profession, pursuits, business of some sort or other, to take you back into the world immediately. The writer's novels explore the precarious position of women in the late 18th and 19th century, setting up a critical view of the social structures that surrounded women. The strength, intelligence, and awareness of these characters still appeal to contemporary audiences. With that said, 
there is still debate over just how far feminism can be read in the works of Jane Austen. All of the author's works depict heroines who do not abdicate the roles of wife and caregiver, and who do eventually capitulate to these roles. Even though Elizabeth Bennet does have a hand in choosing who she will marry, in the end, she still enters the system of marriage, which is expected of her. In short, while Austen may have been leaning towards feminist ideas in her text, it would be hard to refer to Emma or Pride and Prejudice as feminist works when these stories reinforce the idea that a woman's success and security is dependent on her relationship with a man. While it may be debatable how relevant Austen's novels were through the perspective of contemporary feminism, her novels do offer social commentary and exploration of the tension between individual want and social expectation. Using humor and irony throughout her writing, Austen analyzed the hypocrisies and absurdities of the social status quo. The irony deployed by Austen often undermined the assumptions of the society she portrayed in her fiction. Whether showing the ignorance of characters like the gullible Reginald de Courcy from Lady Susan or the duplicity of George Wickham in Pride and Prejudice, Austen cast a light on the true nature of those in the society surrounding her. For contemporary readers who feel disenfranchised by the superficiality and social facades they face in their world, this type of observation on Austen's part can feel emblematic and something to strive for. In her own way, Austen and her writing acts as a firebrand for those who refuse to complacently exist in their culture and who seek to scrutinize society's expectations of the status quo. Beyond the social commentary, there are more obvious reasons why people are still drawn to Austen's writing, her warmth, wit, the way her characters grow throughout the course of these stories. Like all great stories, Austen's novels possess these timeless elements, and perhaps it is these that makes her work so endearing, both in literary circles and also in popular culture. Since the author's death over 200 years ago, Austen's presence in the popular mind has ceased to wane. Not only have other authors created sequels, prequels, and satires of her work, but her novels have been adapted into almost every form of media available. The first dramatic adaptation of Austen was published in 1895. This would have been Rosina Philippi's Dialogues and Scenes from the novels of Jane Austen, arranged and adapted for drawing room performance. Philippi was also responsible for the first professional stage adaptation of an Austen work, The Bennets, in 1901. Since, there has followed numerous stage adaptations, radio dramas, musicals, TV series, and comic books based on her works. However, the most prominent form of adaptation for Austen's writing is likely film. The first film adaptation of an Austen work was released in 1940. It was MGM's Pride and Prejudice, which starred Laurence Olivier and Greer Garson. Since then, Dozens of big-screen adaptations have been released, ranging from period pieces like Ang Lee's version of Sense and Sensibility, to modern retellings like 1995's Clueless, a version of Emma transplanted to modern-day Beverly Hills. While these adaptations confirm the enduring popularity of Austen's works, it still doesn't answer the main question. Why is the writing of a woman who died over 200 years ago still so popular today? In an interview regarding this subject, Professor of Literature Will Christie from the Australian National University's College of Arts and Social Sciences offered a suggestion as to why Austen's novels have remained so relevant and popular. Quoting Christie, 
He claims, The reason Jane Austen remains relevant and popular is because she is endlessly engaging and entertaining. A controlled comic and satiric genius, balanced and blended with a genuine pathos and irrepressible romanticism. Continuing on this thought, Professor Christie stressed the most important thing that he felt modern readers can learn from Austen. He feels that this would be the balance between romance and realism. He stated, The visions of romance were over, begins the 25th chapter of Austen's Northanger Abbey, as its heroine, Catherine Morland, wakes up to the fact that she is the heroine of a domestic novel set in her own period, and not the heroine of a gothic romance set in the superstitious past. Austen's characters did not succumb to living in the past, relying on fantasy in order to live, nor refusing to acknowledge the truth of the world they inhabited. Perhaps as Christie suggests, the most incredible and enduring aspect of Austen's writing is how her characters refuse to fall sway to these tropes of romance, these ideas of living in the past, and how her writing encourages its readers to scrutinize the conventions of the society that they live in. Combine this keen social observation with clever writing, engaging characters, and a talented and empathetic author, it's little wonder that Jane Austen has remained relevant and popular to this day. It's been 200 years. Do you feel that Jane Austen's novels are still relevant? Do you still find enjoyment reading Pride and Prejudice, Northanger Abbey, or Sense and Sensibility? Let us know your opinion on Jane Austen by sending us a message. Send your reply to off the shelf at windsorpubliclibrary.com. Remember, all of Jane Austen's novels are available to borrow from the Windsor Public Library. Jane Austen isn't the only literary figure for whom people are celebrating a 200-year anniversary. The American writer, essayist, and philosopher Henry David Thoreau was born 200 years ago on July 12, 1817. Thoreau is probably best known for his transcendentalist recount of living off of Walden Pond. The book, simply titled Walden, was filled with the author's observations and recounts his time farming, fishing, and musing over the realities of living on Walden Pond. Far from an escapist account, this book also is filled with social commentary and critique about the state of America and the human condition. While Thoreau may be best known for this text, his most relevant work may actually be a lesser-known one. In 1849, he released the essay, Civil Disobedience. In Civil Disobedience, Thoreau argued that individuals should not permit governments to overextend their rule, and that individuals have a duty to prevent governments from unjust behavior. Given the current state of world politics, the sentiments of civil disobedience seem to hit home in a very hard way. Given Thoreau's own disgust with America's involvement in the slave trade and the brutality of the Mexican-American War, it wouldn't be difficult to imagine how the author would react to the current administration in America. In Civil Disobedience, Thoreau states, Unjust laws exist. Shall we be content to obey them, or shall we endeavor to amend them? and obey them until we have succeeded, or shall we transgress them at once? Men, generally, under such government as this, think that they ought to wait until they have persuaded the majority to alter them. They think that, if they should resist, the remedy would be worse than the evil. 
but it is the fault of the government itself that the remedy is worse than evil. It makes it worse. Why is it not more apt to anticipate and provide for reform? Why does it not cherish its wise minority? Why does it cry and resist before it is hurt? Why does it not encourage its citizens to be on the alert to point out its faults and do better than it would have them? This passage, and really Thoreau's writing in general, comes up pointedly during the era when President Trump says he'll root out undocumented immigrants from the country. An American contrarian and an extreme moralist, Thoreau in all likelihood would not abide by this. In an era where a lot of people seem reluctant to articulate their disenfranchisement and disappointment in our governments, Thoreau is a firebrand. Thoreau has been revered over the years as an environmentalist, as a social commentator, and as a political activist. On the 200th year since his birth, it may be more important than ever to revisit his works. Whether Canada, America, the UK, or any country in the world, Thoreau's essay highlights the power the individual and the society has over their government. This important work can, of course, be borrowed from the Windsor Public Library, as can his seminal book, Walden. The following is a list of programs taking place the week of July 31st through August 5th at the Windsor Public Library. On Monday, July 31st, Aquarium in a Jar. Create your own portable aquarium in a jar. All supplies will be provided. This program runs from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Bridgeview location. For registration, call 519-255. 6770, extension 2200. Work for All, Basic Job Skills Program. Basic Employment Skills Workshops, sponsored by Community Living Windsor, in partnership with the Windsor Public Library, will take place at our central location. This six-week Basic Job Skills Program is free to all members of the public 18 years of age and older. Topics include Effective communication, dressing appropriately for work, basic resume and interview skills, and more. No registration is necessary, but for more information, please contact Christine at 519-255-6770, extension 4517, or Allison at 519-562-5789. This program starts at 9 a.m. and will be located in the Central Library's Fred Israel Auditorium. Best Canadian Children's Storytime The Best Canadian Children's Stories are being read this summer at the Central Library, followed by a related activity time. Great books will be on display for you to take home. This program starts at 10 a.m. On Tuesday, August 1st, Community Legal Aid Tenants' Rights Presentation. Community Legal Aid will be joining us to discuss your rights and responsibilities as a tenant in Ontario and to answer questions you may have. This program runs from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the Central Library. Wild for Watermelon. Cool off 
with this refreshing paper plate craft while enjoying a delicious slice of watermelon. We will use the real seeds to make our masterpieces. This program is for ages 5 to 12 and runs from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Remington Park Library. On Wednesday, August 2nd, RCMP Craft. Tip your hat to the RCMP by making your own Mountie hat. Have fun hanging out with our upstanding cardboard Mountie and put your Canadian history knowledge to the test with an RCMP quiz for school-age children. This event will take place at the Forest Glade Library starting at 2.30 p.m. Books with Buzz. Looking for some great new reads? Get the scoop on the newest books coming out and classic reads you may have missed, both fiction and nonfiction. Be the first to hear about books that are getting all the buzz in the library and publishing worlds. Refreshments will be provided. Registration is required. To do so, register by calling 519-255-6770, extension 3351. This program takes place at the Budimir Library starting at 6.30 p.m. On Thursday, August 3rd, Sleight of Hand. A magician never reveals her secrets, or does she? Learn the secrets behind some simple magic tricks to dazzle and amaze your friends for ages 8 to 12. Please register by phoning 519-255-6770, extension 7700. This program will take place at 2 p.m. at the Sandwich Library. Pokemon Trading Card Club. Join us every week to meet other card collectors, make trades, and play the Pokemon card game. Drop in for ages 8 to 12. This program is at the Riverside Library starting at 3 p.m. On Saturday, August 5th, Steamy Saturdays. Interested in science, technology, engineering, art, or math? Then come join us every Saturday in the Tech Hub at the Central Branch to explore, make, and hack. Some weeks may be an open exploration, Others could have a specific theme or STEAM challenge for you to tackle. All ages are welcome, though children under 12 must be accompanied by a caregiver. No registration is required, but for more information, contact Sue at 519-255-6770, extension 4603. This program will start at 1 p.m. For more information on Windsor Public Library and our various programs, please visit our website at windsorpubliclibrary.com. In partnership with Rose City Ford Sales Limited, the Windsor Public Library Board is happy to announce the new library located at the Optimist Community Center will be named the W.F. Chisholm Branch. City Council and Windsor Public Library Board have both approved bestowing the honor on Mr. Chisholm, a well-respected local automotive executive and founder of Rose City Ford Sales Limited. The new Windsor Public Library location will be a 6,500-square-foot 21st-century facility with a distinct automotive theme. The collection will include 22,000 volumes comprising print, audio, video, and multilingual resources for people of all ages. A public tech space will complement the archives and serve as a modern and comfortable arena 
for further research and learning. You have been listening to Off the Shelf, Windsor Public Library's weekly broadcast discussing books, culture, and what's happening in the world of public libraries. Remember, the works of the authors we've discussed today, Jane Austen and Henry David Thoreau, can be borrowed from the Windsor Public Library. If you have any opinions or things you would like to say about today's edition of Off the Shelf, you can reach us at offtheshelf at Windsor Public Library. And don't forget, you can check out more information about the Windsor Public Library by visiting our website, windsorpubliclibrary.com.